going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Sony Open. As usual, I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, what is up, my friend? Not much, man. You know, back at it again. We're excited. We Golf is back. Had a great first week. Lots of names for it, Kenny. I know we're going to talk about it, but what, did, what was it saying? Meltdown in Maui. The Maui Kawa meltdown. Colin Porikawa. The, you know, the poor guy himself, and then all the people left a little bit poor after that. I know it was, I think, minus 20,000 after nine holes. The guy does his job, three under through nine. Ron Bogey's the first, and then just goes absolutely nuclear to take this thing away. We'll talk about it. Before we get in, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepicks.com. If you haven't yet done so, go to prizepicks.com, use promo code MMN, get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to your first $100. We got them, Kenny. The prize picks came through. They came through right before the show. So I will say this quickly. We'll talk with them. We'll get this segment built in for next week, assuming they'll come up a little bit sooner than we record or we'll adjust to make it work. But just so everybody knows, if you go over there right now, birdies are better. You can bet on it. You're making your picks based on it. Birdies are better. Strokes. So for example, Jordan Spieth, 66 and a half. You're going more or less. Birdies are better matchups. Spieth is against Cam Davis in this example. You could go greens and regulation fairways hit there's all sorts of options it's pick them dfs it's easy plenty of ways to play you put together two at least on a card you bet them more or less you get three to one so it's three x for two correct pays 20 bucks to win 60 you add in a third you now have the option when you put more or less to go with a flex play which is three correct pays 2.25 or two correct pays 1.25 if you go to the power play you get four x so 20 to win 80 so lots of options over there kenny we'll dive into we might throw some up on our twitter this week on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Twitter handle. Maybe we'll put our favorites up there once we have them since they came out just a little bit late this week. But that segment will be with us moving forward. Kenny, go back to you, man. I gave the nicknames. We talked about it. I know it was a tough scene for you and a lot of others, uh, DFS-wise, betting-wise. Obviously, a lot of people had the, gar- the card, uh, the number on their card. I think our guy Sundog, by the way, shout out Martin. I got to check in with him because I think he made a crazy move. My understanding of his tweet is he actually cashed out. I know another guy DM'd me that, he got like 900 bucks or 950 bucks on a bet to win 1000. And he just took it and said, forget it. I'm just going to, anything could happen. Never happens. But in this case it did. I think our guy Martin got out too. give, give us your thoughts. I heard you talk a little bit about it last night on the Mayo recap show, but go ahead. Yeah. After such a good fall swing, it was a real shitty fucking way to start the <laughs> season. I'll tell you that right now. So I had more 18 to one, of course, uh, you know, that didn't bother me as much. You know, I've gotten used to getting shit on on Sundays and coming in second place. I think two years ago, I had something like 15 runner-ups. Um, uh, maybe, it was like, maybe it was three years ago. Two or three years ago, I had like 15 runner-ups in a season. So I'm used to it, okay? That didn't – it bothered me. What really bothered me was in my cash line. Uh, my cash game cornerstones finished first, second, seventh, and 37th. I guess Svensson had a really shitty uh, Saturday uh, and brought him down. But first, second, and seventh. I had Morikawa, Rahm, and Fina uh, in my cash uh, cash game cornerstones last week. And when when Morikawa was only 13% owned in the double ups that I was playing, around around 13 to 15% owned, Rahm was around 60 to 70% owned in, G, in uh, d- double ups. So when Morikawa was winning, you know, my other three guys outside of those three cascade cornerstones were poor to average. Okay. But I was still with those three guys. I was still easily in the money. When Rom took the lead, it dropped me out of the money by about five or six points uh, anywhere. And so uh, I tried to catch up the whole way through. I ended up losing in double ups uh, with first, second and seventh in my lineup. Uh, I mean, it's basically with that, Plus the bet, I mean his 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 implosion cost me fifteen hundred dollars. So not the way I wanted to start the year. Um, I mean a couple of other good things happened. I mean in Cash Game Cornerstones, three of the four were good. Uh, as most of you guys who listen to the show know, uh, you know this is like a first look show, right? And so I, you know, I still play ninety five to ninety eight percent of the golfers that I speak of on this pod but there could be one or two that i do a little bit more research on as the week goes on and so in my write-up uh, i had spawn as my um favorite 6k play 
And then uh, I was also on the E9 Gups Corner podcast on Wednesday, which I will be on more often. I'll be on for every elevated event or designated event. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I will be on the E9 podcast over on Gup's Corner for all of those. So about, I think, either 14 or 18, if you count the majors, uh, I will be on those podcasts. But on that podcast, I talked about how much I love Spawn, uh, how much, you know, his, if you look at his fall swing, the iron game, his, his wedge game, and his long iron game has improved tremendously, small sample size, but it looked good in the fall and he played well. So he became my favorite play in the 6K range because I wanted to go away from Chalk Hoagie. And of course, Hoagie ended up beating Spawn anyway. So it wasn't like the greatest thing in the world, but, you know, still really solid. And so in GBPs also, you know, after day one, I was leading the $5 drive, drive the green. After day two, I think I was 10th. After day three, that lineup blew up, but I had another lineup that was in the top 30. And then on Sunday, both of those lineups finished outside the top 1000. So that's how my fucking week went. It sucked. I really don't even want to talk about it. I was miserable on Pat's show yesterday. Uh, I mean, like I really didn't even want to be on. I was just so angry uh, about uh, what happened to more Kyle, but it's golf. We move on. I can't really believe that happened. Other golfers. I mean, Homa's doing this thing playing well. Luke list surprisingly was up there. Uh, Hoagie, the baller, uh, even though he was a 6K chalk, it was worth it. Now we'll see if he's going to be worth the $9,900 chalk. We shall see uh, this week. Uh, what, other, what other takes did you get from the tournament, Tampa? I want to talk about a couple quick things. One, I don't like you said, I saw you eat your feelings away. That was a good show. If you, anyone doesn't watch, I want to tear on the Mayor Media Network as well. But it was you, Cuss, with Pat. Some of his friends are in studio with him and stuff. When he's there, they're there watching the games and stuff and, and everything going on. But, yeah, you, you were eating your feelings away. The matzo sticks and the birthday cake. So the, I got to love that. You know, support the Cuss. The, uh, the guys you mentioned, like, funny, it's one of those things we always talk about, Kenny. You said hoagie chalk, go to spawn instead. The answer is play both and just jam everyone else in up top because, like, Scheffler had a pretty mediocre week. Same with Fina. Like, they did nothing special, and they're still up there in the top 10. Uh, Farmers coming up soon. Not quite yet. We got a couple more events, but the Farmers, Zalatoris and List in the playoff last year, both finished T11. I thought that was interesting. Cam Young my God, this guy finished 19 under. It feels like feels like he should have been 25 under. He missed so many four-footers throughout the week. All the other stuff. But the one thing I do want to talk about is the Xander WD. For a second, just to keep it on track here, I, I normally don't let this stuff bother me, but I thought this guy was just crazy to me. Like, here's the thing, last week, the beware of the injured golfer. We talk about this all the time. It can happen. As far as the reports were, and they were coming out, you know, fast and furious. If you were following it all, you guys know I follow the news post as much as I can on Twitter. We'll talk about Billy Ho here when we get into the stuff this week. DraftKings left him on. The report from Sports Illustrated Golf says he's going to withdraw. He did an interview with them over the weekend. So little things like that just stand on top. But the news came out on Xander that this was actually lingering from Bahamas. And I know other people will take it a different way. I'm willing to take on the risk. I got no problem with it. So I said on Mayo's show, I'm going to play Xander Shoffley. I don't care what the field's doing. He's probably usually 20 to 25% owned here. I think he's going to come in way lower because of the Q tag on Twitter and all this stuff or on DraftKings and all the talk on Twitter. So I said, I'm going to play him. People are saying, oh, Tambo just wants to say he's doing that. So others do it. You can verify people. You can go right on to Roto Grinders. You can go on to fantasylabs.com. You can find who people played in their tournaments. You can find the amount of lineups they played, their exact exposures. I played 30% Xander. My take was that if he was already having those issues at Hero, he ended up coming fourth at hero three rounds in the sixties. Like it could just be one of those things. My take is it's an, it's a no cut small field. I'm just looking at leverage. He projected. Well, I would have played him any other week as many others would when you have people not playing him. I could have probably got away with 20% instead of 30, but I just say it. So people know, you know, one, we say what we, we play, what we say to your point, when we get to our final shows, you do it normally by Wednesday. My shows are by Wednesday with Pat, with rum, pure sports, all that stuff. I just thought, it was a bit odd because you can verify it. But uh, the last thing I'll say on it is every week, we're going to go into it this week, cut event. What are we going to see, Kenny? 10%, six to six. Like it's what the norm, right? 10%, 90% of my lineups will go to, to death basically <sighs> this week. Or if I get a good week, maybe I got 20, 25%, six to six, and I got a lot of sweat, 75% are still dead. So I never have a problem burning those lineups off. It's all what your risk averse, like what you are and how risk averse you are. But I always say I will I will play who I say. So I had to get that one out there because 
I, I don't dis, dis whatever you want to call it, like push the people off plays that I'm on. So that one bothered me a little. And I got no problem playing a guy like Xander at 9,500 last week. And if it burns you, it burns you. Thoughts? Now, you got to follow us on Twitter too, because uh, my he, Xander was one of my cash game cornerstones last week. And then when I heard the news right. uh, about that, I dropped him and I picked up Finau. Uh, instead, and I posted that on Twitter. I also posted that on my Gups Corner article on Wednesday. So you, you just got to make sure you double check those things uh, as we go on through the week. But like I said, we and we I took play. him out of my high stakes yeah. too. Just of note, I left him in one five fifty five lineup. That was basically a free ticket that I'd won, and I said I'll leave it there because that was the lineup I loved most. It wouldn't have done anything different if I put more Akawa in or Cantlay. Like that's the other part of it too. When, when people are looking at that stuff, I'm just taking the risk. But if you look like Morikawa would have been helpful everywhere, but I didn't know to go yeah. to that or I would do it up front. Cantley though, would not have helped me any further because he comes T16 with no scoring. Mm-hmm. But what do you think of Morikawa? I saw a stat. Uh, it's either this is the fourth time in a row or the fourth time in his career. Uh, I'm not 100% sure uh, where he had the 54 hole lead and blew it. Yeah, second he time. Were right? any, I thought it was fourth. It's or, the sorry, fourth time. What people talked about is, I think, was the hero last year, right? Second time of five-plus strokes. Yeah, but it was the fourth time he had a 54-hole lead. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's four in a row or if it's four times in his career. I'm not sure about that. But I know at, at least four times he has had the 54-hole lead, two of them by more than five strokes, and he's lost those matches, those leads. Is there any worry about that with you? I mean, I don't play him enough to have to worry for my stuff that I do, but I'm saying in general, as a player, I think it's also, it's just everything we know. It's very hard to win on the PGA tour. Everyone will tell you that it's hard to close on the PGA tour. Look at all the top fives and the top twos and stuff that you see people have. I don't know if you call it worrisome. It obviously sucks that the minute he makes a mistake, it does seem to compound and lead to that. But you have to give credit too to John Rahm, who also did his thing bogey on the first come out and then shoot a 63. I mean, this guy, is on a mission, Kenny. So not to change gears on you, I'm not worried about more cow. I'll answer your question and you can, you can rebuttal it, but I will say to your point, my point, we both talked about this last week on the preview portion. I talked about Rom winning a couple majors and I feel just as good about that, obviously right now after that, but you talked about him being pissed off. There was more words, Kenny. If you listen to him talk about it after he literally name dropped Cantlay, he's not mad at them or coming at them. I'm just saying he's t- his mentality right now is I'm the best player. He said, look, it was, who do you say it was? It was Scheffler. Was then it was Rory, and now Rory. I feel like it's me. Is what yeah. he said, and that's what I'm saying. Where your point, you brought it up last week. I think it is more than that to it. And guess what? He has the skills to back it up. This is yeah. not a guy that's just going to talk the talk. He can absolutely walk the walk. And sure enough, he did. And I'm sure everybody is a you know good human on the PGA Tour. He probably feels a little bit bad for Call More Cow, but not that much, right? He did his job. He goes out to get the job, get the win, get it done. So is what it is, man. Rom is going to be on a tear this season. I think that's going to continue. Oh, I mean, I said last week that I expect Ron Rahm and Finau to be one and two by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a step towards that direction, even with Finau's seventh place. Uh, now, when it comes to Morikawa, I'm a little bit worried. Uh, I mean, just think of it. You know, when he came on, he won those two majors, and then, you know, all that, that hoopla around him, you know, swirling around in his head. Last year, he comes back with no wins, um, you know, zero wins, couple of chances. I think it could be getting to him a little bit. Uh, the fact that he hasn't won in such a long time and wins are expected of him. Uh, that mental mind frame can be fragile for a golfer. Um, and I, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried. I, I, he needs a win, I think, quickly. Uh, to get him back on track to being a dominant top five player in the world. At this point in time, I don't think he is. Um, I, don't, I probably put him outside the top 10, um, which is and he's still a great golfer. That, that just means he's a great golfer. I'm just talking about everyone expecting him to make those leaps and bounds and jumps to be one of the elite elite. And I think that is not where he is at this moment. Now his game can play to that level, which we saw for what? 66 holes yesterday. Uh, But when it comes down to that last few holes, that pressure to win, I think it might affect him more than others um, in his league, just because of 
the hoopla that's been around him since he started and him starting so strong, it almost feels like wins should be coming for him automatically and they're not. And sometimes that can get in a golfer's head. Uh, so a little worried about Morikawa. It's not worried enough where I'm never going to play him again or anything like that. Plus in DFS, you don't need him to win usually because I doubt he'll ever be the highest price golfer unless we see him in a field like this week. Um, so I, I'm a little worried. A question on that, because like you said, we talk from a DFS perspective, betting, all that. I get it. But from just golfing perspective, because again, you can't really compare these two different ages completely, but Finau just started going, right? Finau had, had some trouble getting over the hump after that first win. We saw that. He finally turns it on, gets the win. The floodgates open, boom, he's good to go. But no majors, right? And again, age difference. So it's not the best example. But I just want to ask you, because the recency bias, not saying you, but I'm, I'm already seeing it out there of, Morikawa having trouble close now or Morikawa blowing two big leads. You're talking about it now. The stat came out. There's a reason it came out is because with one crumble or meltdown becomes the stats that go with it and what's expected of him. Like you said, he came out when, when he won that second major, there was stat lines of starts versus Tiger Woods. And in this era, how crazy that is to have that many starts with the similar results to what Tiger had. And no one was really putting him there. I won't say that, but I will say that's why you're making sense of what you're saying and bringing that up, why others are talking about it. But don't you think Finau still, I know they're not same age. I keep saying it, but if they're same age, don't you think Finau still trades all those recent wins and takes the last year of struggles and couple meltdowns oh, yeah, yeah, to have yeah, the majors the in the major. bag? Like, oh, he's yeah. still got a lot on the go going for but himself. That, but that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about right now, where they are in golf, how their mind frame is. Morikawa seems like he's struggling a bit to get that W. Uh, we'll most say, of the time your, your, because your you know the talent's though. there so the one thing that would probably bring him down in this situation really is the mental aspect of the game and that's where i think he's struggling on sundays yeah and I, we don't know but like you said obviously the mental side of let's go back to the open that he won oh he can't get his irons figured out he can't get his wedge get whatever it was i forget he can't get his short game figured out whatever he wasn't hitting it right then goes and wins the thing i mean the mental game of that and then to close it and then all that, he's got it. But that was like 18 months ago. Yeah, in golf, it's a short, it's what have you done for me lately? I understand. That's my point of where all these questions and concerns are coming up. But your pet peeve too, by the way, got golfers having a meltdown or, or, or losing something, not doing the interview. I mean, Morikawa stood right up, did it. Yeah, and he said classy the truth. guy. Yeah, classy, yeah, but, yeah. But that, I think that matters, man. I think that says like, these guys are very mature. And it goes with it and says, like, look, I'm sad. I'm dead. Like, he's serious. He might go home and cry. Who knows? It's okay. He's sad, man. He said it's tough to get these options and positions and be in these spots to close it out and get the job done. And I didn't do my job. And so who knows what it will last, but I got to go out and find one, like you said, sooner than later. And I think that's true. And that'll change things. But I'm not too worried about him personally myself. I think he's going to be able to bounce back and find something. I'd avoid him in showdown if if he's in the lead. I, I I sort of want him to chase now. You know what I'm saying? That's sort of what I, I want him to do to be able to chase down the leaders to get that W because man, he is struggling on Sundays. Um, you know, especially when he has that lead going. So yeah. it sucked I, the week. I hated it. I didn't even want to talk about it. I told the guys when I, when I got into the, got into the zoom, I was like, I don't even want to talk about last week. It was so frustrating, but I'm glad we did. We got that through anything else we need to talk about before we get into this week. Listener League is back. You guys can join it again. Remember this. So I posted on my Twitter at Totag and Tambo, retweeted on the at, at FG, FGD, at FG Degenerates on Twitter for our official account, but you can check it on there. It's a 500 entry right now. The faster we fill it, the faster we move it up. The goal is to get it to a thousand. Last year, we pretty much stayed steady at 750, a thousand at majors. It's reduced rake. It's only like nine or 10% rake, somewhere in that range, maybe 10 or 11. I can't remember exact, but it's the best they'll give us. It's a three max, $5, even payout structure, double your money for last place, 20% paid, like a lot of great things. So go join it, fill it up quickly. The faster it fills, the bigger we'll get it. And then the winner, of course, as always, for those new listeners, et cetera, out there, you do get entered when you win it into our tournament of champions that we have at the end of the year where all the champions play off. Last year, I think we had around 500 bucks in cash, prizes for Gup's Corner, Run Pure Sports, Fantasy National. We had a lot of stuff out there that people won on top of cash to play more tournaments. So it's definitely worth your while to get in. It's five bucks, 15. If you want to three max it, that's it for this week though, Kenny, we don't, we don't have a winner till next week. All right. So let's get to this week. Uh, the PGA tour, it stays in Hawaii uh, at wildlife country club plays host 
to the Sony Open. Uh, a couple of trends. I, I, I talked about this on Twitter, but I'll say it on the pod too. Uh, only four winners here uh, since 2000 have been in their 20s. Uh, Russell Henley in 2013, JT in 2017, Cam in 2020, and Decky last year. Uh, 15 winners have been in their 30s, and four winners since 2000 were in their 40s. Um, even with this stat, I wouldn't eliminate any young, you know, uber-talented golfers like him, Tom Kim, Connors, Davis, those ilk. Uh, I still wouldn't uh, avoid those guys. Um, the talent of these golfers in their 20s currently is something we really haven't seen too much in tour until recently. I mean, when I was young, growing up, I mean, all the, all the, all the studs were in their 30s. Uh, you know, they, most of them, at least other than Tiger. Uh, you know, and they started winning a lot. You, you didn't see too many 20-year-olds winning too many events, and now it's sort of become the norm. Um, you know, what I do think you could take from that trend is the fact that, like, the Ryan Armors, uh, the Brian Stewarts, the Vaughn Taylors, uh, they're, the Matt Kuchers uh, of the golfing world, Stewart Sinks, are more in play at this course than most. Um 17 of the last 24 winners here played the week before uh, at the Tournament of Champions, including eight of the last nine winners. The only one that wasn't was Cam Smith in 2020, uh, but he did play the uh, President's Cup in Australia in mid-December. Uh, you know, so he had a little bit of work close to his uh, start date when he won the Sony. Um, now, you know, also 12 winners. Uh, here, the last 12 winners here had a top 15 in one of their prior three starts leading up to their victory in Wyalai. All right, so Wyalai, 7,044 yard par 70, four par threes, 12 par fours, and two par fives, which are both reachable by almost all the players in the field. Par fives, actually two of the easiest on tour. Uh, five of the par fours range from 400 to 450, five range from 450 to 500, and two are fairly short with the par four tenth hole possibly being reachable off the tee. Uh, the par threes are shortish but tough and range from 170 yards to 210 yards. The course is set up right next to Manalua Bay, uh, which can cause windy conditions. If the wind is down, this course is not too difficult to score on. Uh, the weather report as of now says that the winds won't be too strong. Uh, 20 mile per hour gusts Thursday and then drops off less and less as each day goes on. So we should see much slower scoring than 2020 when Cam won with minus 11. I'm thinking something similar to last year. Uh, high teens, low 20s should win this event. Now off the tee, golfers are going to see above average size tree line fairways that are firm, flat, and fast with bunkers in play on a few holes and water really only a factor on two it plays there's water on five holes but really uh you got to really fuck up on three of those holes to hit it on the water i would say it's really only uh a factor on two of the holes uh the fast firm fairways make this a difficult course to get your drive in the short grass massive rollouts tend to end up in the rough uh, two of the toughest fairways to hit on tour are on this course. The 18th has been the hardest fairway to hit on tour since 2012, with only about 31% of balls landing on the fairway. The 13th hole is the fifth hardest fairway to hit on tour since 2012, with only about 38% of balls reaching the fairway. The rough around the fairway hasn't been particularly high, uh, but it can't get gnarly. But this year they have rose uh, the length of the rough from about two and a quarter inches to three inches. We'll see how much that actually plays out when the event comes in. It could make the winning scores a touch lower than what we've seen. Uh, now, of course, it's Bermuda rough, so it's always a crapshoot around the fairways. You know, it could fluff up or it could sink to the bottom and cause flyer lies. So, uh, you know, you want to get it in the fairway, but it's tough hitting it in the fairway on this course. Now, Wildlife consistently ranks in the 20 hardest rough proximity courses on tour. Now, with this information, you would think driving accuracy would be like one of the most important stats. Uh, but, you know, that's not necessarily true. Only 18 of the 64 golfers that finished top three here since 2005 were ranked inside the top 50 in driving accuracy. 
three years ago, more than half the field, I'm sorry, more than half of the top 10 golfers were below the field average in driving accuracy for the week. And now, even though the 18th fairway is one of the most difficult fairways to hit on tour, it still plays as one of the easiest par fives on tour each season. Now, if you look even deeper, five or six years ago, when Fabian Gomez won here, he only hit 50% of the fairways and was uh, 60th in driving accuracy for the tournament. Brant Seneker, he finished second that year to Gomez, hit 51.79% of his fairways and was 56th in driving accuracy for the tournament. In 2017, JT hit less than 45% of fairways and shot 59 during his first round on the way to beating the four-round course record. I personally think the golf tournament will be won on approach shots from off and on the fairway, especially from 125 to 150 yards, which the majority of approaches will come from, and putting. Of the last 15 winners, all of them except Pat Kazire, Kevin Na, and Decky last year finished the year inside the top 66 in strokes gained putting for the year that they won. Okay, on approach shots, golfers are going to see um, average to above average size Bermuda grass greens that are fairly fat, flat. Golfers will need to hit as many greens as possible because there is a lot of trouble surrounding them. Many large, deep bunkers protect the greens, and the rough around the greens is usually higher and thicker than the rough surrounding the fairways. We'll see if that plays true this year with the length raising around the fairways. Uh, these greens are firm. Usually play around 11 on the stint meter, and it's Bermuda grass greens. Uh, many people say this course is similar to like Mayakoba, Sea Island, uh, Nine Bridges, Colonial, Harbor Town, Copperhead, Port Royal, a couple of others out there for uh, similar course comps. Uh, Tambo, what are you looking for in golfers this week? Yeah, a lot of what you just talked about. I mean, the approach shots, the par fours that are all out there. You said some of that, but wind matters weather matters as of right now it doesn't look like a lot so we're gonna be looking for them scoring the scoring numbers going low all that sort of stuff uh you know in general the the field looks kenny we're gonna get into the tiers in a second but it looks pretty top notch at the top and then it just falls off completely again and and here's the thing you talked about the trends they've seemingly come true more often than not i'm not a big trends guy i'll post them in the tidbits things like that so i'll get those out there this week but in general you know, the stars and scrubs approach can work quite nicely. You can, you can play Tom Kim and anybody. You can play Tom Kim and Speed and have over 7,300, over 7,400 bucks left to use on your last four golfers. There's lots of ways that you can go about it this week. But the trend you talked about of playing the week before, well, everybody 9,300 and up played last week. And then there's a bunch more in the field throughout, spread out. So uh, I don't think I'm going to play just guys that played last week. I don't mean it like that. I'm definitely not doing that, actually. But I'll say it like, at least if you want to mix and match these guys up top, I think you can definitely get away with it here. So we'll talk about it, but roster construction, ownership, all that stuff. We are back to a cut event. So we get the three cut sweats, Kenny. We get the Xander Schauffele. We'll dub it now in quotations. We get the late, what is it? The, the, the Thursday morning late withdraw cut sweat. So we get that. Then we get the cut sweat on Friday. Then we get the sweat for all the money on Sunday. So you get three sweats for your money in DFS, in, in PGA. So I'm excited for this week. I'm happy to be back to a cut event. We can talk about it. Let's get into the field. Let's start off in this 10K range. We got Spieth all the way to Tom. Where are you going? Yeah, I like a lot of these guys up top here. I mean, Tom Kim, 10-5, is obviously the conversation piece. He pops in every stat. The guy, what was it last week? I looked at it earlier. It was absolutely on fire, I believe, just across the board, except for the putter, which is, uh, you know, how you look at it. Yeah, the only thing he lost strokes in was with the putter every round, I think, really bad in round two. No, round three and round four, he gained a little bit, but round three was decent. Overall, though, that makes it tough. So uh, I guess the thing is, if you can find guys, I've got plenty down below that I can mix and match that are going to be a little bit more contrarian. I got no problem going to him up top. Him and him are my favorites, but I will say this. I like speed more than a lot of those guys in the upper 9K range, more of like a bet. So when we get to it, I mean, I'll just lump some of them in real quick and then let you go, but like Connors, I bet him at 28 to one Harmon, same thing. I, those are my first two bets of the day. But then when I dig in and look at it, I mean, they'll mix throughout, but I, I really like Kim M and Spieth up at the top more than that next range. And then of course we'll have to talk about Hoagie. I'm sure you saw it, but all the conversation around him flying from Hawaii tonight to go to the game. 
I believe it's in LA SoFi, right? So it's going to be yeah. for the college football championship game. And then he's going to just fly right back. I, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't I'm seem not like stressing that, much. that. I'm not stressing that about Hoagie. No. What I'm stressing about, about Hoagie is he sucks at this fucking course. And one of the things about this course, it, correlation to course history, it is second uh, behind um, Augusta. So Augusta has, like, if you see good course history at Augusta, uh, I, I'm trying to word this the right way. Tambo, help me here. Uh, well, I like, know what you're saying. Like at Augusta, we talk with the reason we bring course history into play more. It is Augusta super is, important. Yes. And it correlates. That's the number one course, Augusta. The number two course on tour that course history correlates extremely strong with is Wiley Kutchikov. Yeah. Uh, and the dude just blows at this course. The, the uh, interesting now, note, real quick though, not to cut you off, but he does have a twelfth and like he's miscut three times in the last yeah, five years. Yeah. But then he spikes in a twelfth and a third. But here, paying almost ten k, it feels like you're going to need a big result from him. Especially that's not the case. People always say this: Oh, if I play this guy, he has to do this. No, not based on the price because there's others around him. But when you have all these guys we're about to talk about, you're about to talk about around him, now, it makes it tougher. Now here's the thing. This is the best we've ever seen Tom Hoagie play. So, you know, it, it's very possible to be like, all that shit in the past doesn't matter because this is a new Tom Hoagie. Uh, like, I mean, and so it could go that w- way as well. So you just got to pick your side and go with it when it comes to him. Now, going back to the 10K range, um, I had a tough time picking a cash play here uh, because um, every one of these guys has something against them when it comes to cash, but I felt the need that I needed someone in these, in this upper echelon in my cash lineup. Now, Tom is going to be my favorite GPP play, probably going to be my highest owned GPP play here. The issue for him in cash was that because I didn't want 80% of my bankroll on one player. Also for the fact that he's never played the course before, which is really doesn't mean too much to me. Uh, it, it, the the especially for a guy of his ilk, uh, the bigger thing was just you know I I I, I the way I gamble on DFS I don't put all my marbles in one basket, and that's basically what it would come down to, because winning a GPP this year is just as important to me as winning my cash lineup. In years previous, it was all about the cash. Uh, this year, I really want to win a GPP, so. You know, I'm going to play Tom. I'm going to, so I, I and I'm not going to play him in cash. Hideki, of course, course history, great. All right. Uh, but the thing is, last week his ball striking was horrible. Uh, he finished 21st, but he lost a lot of strokes off the tee. His driving has been really, really bad uh, here recently. I don't know whether that's due to his injury, whether it's due to the neck. It looks like he's healthy. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, but I am worried about his driving and his ball striking just a little bit. Uh, you know, from his last few outings in the fall and what we saw last week. Now, Spieth um, hasn't played here in years. He lost, I think, three strokes in his approaches last week. Uh, did not look good with his irons. Uh, so, and then you go to Sungjae, who is my first cash game cornerstone. But even he has a fault. Uh, he is not that great with his wedges. And this is a wedge course. Now, maybe he knows he's not that good with his wedges from 100 to 125, and he lays up and uh, uh, 125 to 150, and he hits his balls uh, either past that point or before that point. Because other than that, his iron game is exceptionally strong. Um, so I am going to go with Sungjae. Uh, he has played uh, decent here in the past. Sungjae is my first cash game cornerstone. And when it comes to GPPs, I do like Tom. He will be my favorite. I am running with the Koreans. Uh, for cash and GPPs in this 10K range. Uh, let's move to the 9K range. We've already talked a good bit about Hoagie. My second cash game cornerstone going to be Brian Harmon. You sort of have a feeling he's going to get a win soon. Sort of like what we saw from Henley last year, where he had like a, a couple of really good, strong finishes, finally broke through for that victory. Sort of the same mold we're seeing with Brian Harmon. A couple of runner-ups in the fall, really good showing. Um, you know, stat-wise, uh, good history here. So Harmon, second cash game cornerstone. I like Corey Connors. Again, the history, very, very strong, accurate off the tee, uh, strong with his irons. If he could 
putt just average, okay? And that's asking that's asking a lot from Corey. But it, it seems like his putting has improved a little bit, a little bit uh, over the last, I'd say, six months or so. So I, I like Corey Connors, um, and, 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 and I love Russell Henley. Uh, I'm thinking about one of those three guys as my one and done this week. Uh, I like Russell Henley, the best wedge player uh, in this field. He's got that victory, um, you know, from last year to ride on. Uh, he got the rust knocked off playing last week at the tournament of champions. Uh, I really like Russell Henley a lot this week in GPPs. He's probably, probably my favorite in the 9K range. So that, and then of course Harmon is my cash game cornerstone Tampa. Yeah, one more little tidbit of my own, just talking up top. I, I wanted to go back to this because I forgot to mention it. it was just a good filler content piece, Kenny. But so when, when I looked at this earlier this morning when Hideki won last year, coming in, he was actually not playing very good, but he fit the mold because the week before he played the century. Do you know what place he came? It was his best result in a while last year before winning this. Do you know what the place 13th? he came at the century? Yeah. 13th. Do you know who came thirteenth this year? Yeah. Sungjae and Spieth tied for 13th with Cam Young, who's not here. So uh, just talking about guys coming in from that event, all the factors that you mentioned, like just these guys up top to me make a lot of sense. Like I, like I've got a harder time going to Hoagie everything aside when you've got Spieth right there, like that, that's where I struggle and Henley right below him. You mentioned Henley, Henley for me across the board green. I'm sure people are going to go to him, but again, they can't play everybody. So Harmon is going to pull from him. Connors is going to pull from him. I have more interest in Henley than any of those other four up top, Hoagie, Harmon, Connors. I got Henley above all. Uh, I bet Harmon and Connors based on the number just di didn't dig into my numbers. I just saw those right out of the gate and rolled with them. That's why sometimes it's best to wait. I'll pull it up as we go. But just going down, uh, the guys at the bottom tournaments for me, Kenny, McNeely and Montgomery, right? I'm not sure how, how much love do you think Montgomery is <coughs> actually going to get here at 9K with obviously the incredible track record we saw over the break. The, I believe it was Shadow Creek where he put up that record and ended up uh, shooting a 60 or something like that. But I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on him here, this this guy at the bottom, Taylor Montgomery? I, I don't know what I'm going to do with him just because I'm playing so many guys up top in that 9K range uh, and the 10K range where I think I might have to skip this, this lower 9K range. I don't think I'm going to be able to afford it because I like this 8K range a lot. Okay, that's uh, what I was going to say next. You can go yeah. into it first. But if you like the 8K range, it's harder to get to these guys like the Keegans, the McNeely's, the, the Montgomery's. And I should note quickly, Kenny, I said it, I posted on Twitter. Billy Horschel said himself in the interview, again, assuming it's accurate, it's from Sports Illustrated Golf, said even though he got stuff right and had that good round on Saturday this past week at the Tournament of Champions, he said, I'm going to just go home and wait for one of the tournaments upcoming and skip the Sony. So we'll probably see it. I just saw a live one come up as we were recording. It was not him. It was James Hahn withdrew. So Dylan Wu is going to get into the field. So that's just something you'll see a price for him drop in shortly, I'm sure, over the next day or so. But Horschel, it should become official tomorrow if it's an official and accurate piece. So hopefully that's right and we get an answer on it. But at 9,500, Horschel will be out. Go ahead. Take us into this AK range. My third cash game cornerstone is going to be KH Lee. I, I, like, I like a lot of Koreans this week. It's not shocking. Uh, we've seen them perform well here in the past. Uh, you know, when KH first started playing this event, he missed the first two cuts, but he has a top 20 here uh, and a couple of made cuts in a row. Uh, he looked decent last week. Uh, uh, and he's well above average in every single stat that I'm looking for. Uh, inside the top 40 uh, in this field in basically every stat that I have in my model. Uh, and so, you know, and he, he's had, what, two top tens in his last four events or something like that. Uh, the guy's playing good golf. Uh, so give me KH Lee as my third cash game cornerstone. I really like Cameron Davis. Uh, he was one of my favorite plays last year. Um, you know, just, just, you know, uh, plenty of opportunities gained above average with his wedges, good putter, tons of birdies, top 10 in approach and T to green. Give me a little bit of uh, Cam Davis down here. Uh, Siwoo. Maybe he might get overlooked a little bit. Uh, the thing about Siwoo, gaining a little bit of consistency last year, made a lot of cuts. Uh, it wasn't the boomer bust Siwoo that we've seen. And maybe that little bit of improvement could go on, uh, you know, to, to go on this year and give him an upward trajectory. Um, you know, he sees all his Korean brethren out there balling out. You know he doesn't want to be left out. 
Uh, and the stats aren't bad. You know, T to green, he's top 10 in his field. He's seventh, well above uh, the, the field average with his wedges. Uh, you know, uh, his iron game, you know, really strong. Top 20 in the field in stroke skin approach. So give me a little bit of see woo. And I, I'm playing Grio. Uh, this seems like a Grio track. Am I right? Uh, accurate off the tee, good with your irons. Pray you make a putt. That's what you get with Grio. Uh, I'm going to play him too. So I like a lot of these 8K guys. Tambo, what about you? Actually, just speaking of 8K guys, literally 8K guys, just talking about him. You mentioned Grillo. Putnam is right there. He's another guy I looked at. Now I go look at the numbers. So Henley I feel good about because those other guys were, were bigger. They're bigger numbers at the time when I bet him. I just want to go look at this real quick. Grillo's 50. And my guy got him at 50 as well. 55, sorry. So, yeah, real quick, I want to talk about this, Kenny. Putnam and Grillo, this could be one of those things where we compare them. And the answer is just play both. Because the Putnam, I don't know if you saw this, but four or five made cuts here, second last year. We know he can get hot with the putter. 15 straight made cuts for Putnam as well on tour. So I don't know. This spot seems good. But then you mentioned it with Grillo. You go look at all the stats. They all look solid across the board. Putnam, by the way, too, number one in par four scoring over the last 50 rounds in this field. So just some notes there. I like those guys at the bottom. The other guys I like, uh, this is one spot where I may play a pivot to a guy that actually played last week and played well, that is, J.J. Spawn. J.J. Spawn is one that played last week, fits everything you talked about, horrible history here. It's really bad, man. Four for five missed cuts, not a good result in the one timeout. And I kind of like Keith Mitchell right underneath him. Solid course history, um, good correlate, corollary courses and stuff that I looked up where he, he popped on. And then you go down to him and he's got decent stats. He's sitting like 20th, but it's birdies are better. DK scoring, uh, you know, par four scoring, T to green in general, bogey avoidance, all the stuff where I could see him grinding out a good low score here. So I like Keith Mitchell at 8,300. Uh, I think there was one more guy. Siwoo, you talked about. I don't, I don't mind him. Less love for the top range. Mitchell, Siwoo, Putnam, Grillo, kind of the four guys I'm looking at in here. 7K range. Still lots of good plays here. We could start right up the top, Denny McCarthy. This is a putting contest a lot of the times, especially if the weather does not be that difficult to play in. Uh, of course, he is the best putter probably in the world. Uh, he's come close a bunch. This is the type of course I can see Denny winning. Uh, I didn't bet him. I might, but I didn't bet him yet. Uh, give me give me a little bit of Denny. I really like Alex Smalley. Who's, you know, he really ended the fall swing so strong. 26 uh, strokes gained total. Uh, uh, he, he gained 26 strokes. He gained 26 strokes total in his last three events. That's a lot of strokes. You know, he's beating the average guy by like nine strokes an event. Uh, you know, uh, pretty good. Uh, he's been playing really well. I don't think you're going to get a lot of action on him. Uh, so he's another guy. And uh, Kirk Kiniyama. Uh, he's going to be another favorite. I expect him to make some moves this year. The guy's got game. Now, a little bit, his length is muted just a little bit uh, at this course. But if you look at the rest of it, you know, opportunities gain. He always gets those birdie opportunities. Really good at par four scoring. Well above average with his wedges. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I like him. I, I like Kiriyama a lot. Uh, and then, you know, uh, and then Svensson. Svensson's another guy who finished well here last year. Uh, he shit the bed last week. Maybe you can get some flop lag on him, get him cheap uh, and at a single digit ownership. Uh, maybe I don't even mind him in cash again. I, am I going to get my heart broken again? Back-to-back weeks by Spencer? Maybe, <clears throat> but well, you know, he got that rust off his back. He came in off a win the time before played well here in the past. Give me a little bit of Spencer. Who do you like up top in this seven K range? Yeah. Up top. You, you mentioned the guy earlier today, at least, but Kucha. <laughs> Just going back to him, I know it's crazy. He's old guy. Everyone got him as dust, all that stuff. But again, didn't play last <laughs> week, nothing to do with that. But just in general, the stats don't look too bad across the board. And then you go back just to some of that, you know, I know it's August, September, October, November, you're looking at, but 35th, 12th, 29th, 27th. He wasn't actually that bad at 7,900. He doesn't absolutely kill you. You mentioned McCarthy, Smalley, Kitayama. Some of those guys popped the same. I know our guy Bearoff was telling me today about Gary Woodland. So he's all right. Buckley. Another guy that stands out, Svensson, of course, again, can break your heart, like you said, but I don't think we're going to get flop lag on him. I think he's going to be just his own this week. So there's some other guys you can go to, but I, that's pretty much it. Those guys that I mentioned, at least for now, first look in the top end, five or six guys there. That's about it. Yeah, you go down a little bit more. I mean, one guy, I don't know how much ownership he's going to pull. I figure Ben Griffin's going to be popular. 
Um, if you're looking for it, because I mean, just the stats uh, line up so well. He looks really good for cash uh, for me. Uh, he's not, I couldn't. He's not one of my cash game cornerstones, but hint, hint. Uh, you know, and so uh, you know, if you want to go away from him, it could be a little bit chalky. Uh, you look at Pat Kazire, he'll be single digit owned, former winner here. Um, I don't mind playing him. Uh, Brendan Steele, again, Tita Green, he's solid. Lots of opportunities gained. Wedges are his strength. I'll take some Brandon Steele, Steven Yeager, Russell Knox down here. Both make sense. I mean, Knox, one of the best wedge players uh, in this field. And then you got, um, you know, Yeager, who's top 10 in strokes gained T to green in this field in the last 50 rounds. Uh, those are, and I like Lucas Glover down here right at the, at the bottom at 7K. Lots of guys that you can play here. I mean, Stars and Scrubs is very, very possible this week. If you're counting like, the entire 9K range as stars, you can get four of those guys. It's possible. I like how you said that because it's kind of the, the reverse too that we're doing here. Like we're calling the low sevens, the scrubs, but it's because look, there's 84 guys in the 6K range. But if I just go seven to 7,500, there's almost 30 guys in here. So this is where you get different. There's just no way they can all pick up ownership. You can get all your leverage in here. It's not to say there's not guys we'll take shots on down below. Of course, we'll go through it in a minute, but just to go, like I, I cut it off at Buckley, who, by the way, I think he finished 12th here last year. I like him quite a bit, actually. I'm just pulling him and looking at some more stuff as a guy that, again, I don't think many will play. So I got no problem with that, but going right below him, another Canadian, we're talking about Svensson in this range, Mac Hughes, was doing his thing last week. And he's one of the guys, Kenny, that played last week. No one will talk about it because obviously he didn't end up doing well overall, but sometimes just pulling that across. We just talked about him coming off the win, liked him a little bit last week going into it, had the baby narrative going for him, right? Had his, I think his third child, December 2nd, 2022. So we brought that into play last week. So he would make sense at the same price as Svensson. Brendan Todd, who you brought up. I, I like him quite a bit here. Actually, you go back, it looks seven of eight made cuts. Not huge upside, but just in looking at the numbers and stuff that he pulled, 48, 41st, 21st, 20th, 13th, there's some upside to that at 7,400. Brendan Steele, who you talked about, miscut, but then before that, he was fourth and second. So, I mean, you got these guys. They still have the stats to go with it. Patton Kazire, former winner here, four or six made cuts. I think he, you go back, you go to a guy like him. Jaeger and Troy Merritt are some of the upside guys. David Lipsky that I'll take shots on. And then one of my favorite plays down here is Robbie Shelton. He's a guy that I've always liked, like his upside. He, he pops on some other courses, pops in the stats for me. So Robbie Shelton is going to be another guy I'm interested down here at the bottom, 7K even. All right, we'll go to this 6K range. I mean, two names pop out. I mean, two guys you have to play every time they're on a coastal short track. Ryan Armour, Brian Stewart. The Ryan Armour, 6,900. Brian Stewart, 6,300. Those are a couple of guys that I'm going to play. These are their type of tracks. Uh, you know, the old man type golf works very, very well uh, at this course. My final cash game cornerstone is going to be Ben Martin at $6,500. He made nine of 13 of his last 13 cuts. Um, and then uh, I think he's made something like eight of his last nine here at the Sony. His strength is, of course, his wedge game. He is 11th in proximity from 125 to 150 in this field in the last 50 rounds. Give me Ben Martin to close out my cash lineup as my punt play. Uh, so my cash game cornerstones this week, they are going to be Sung J.M. at 10,300. Brian Harmon at 9,700. K.H. Lee at 8,700. And Ben Martin at 6,500. Other guys I like in this 6K range. Sam Ryder's, you've seen Sam Ryder go low here uh, before. Almost a first-round leader here about three years ago. Austin Ekro, again, another guy whose his strength is his wedge play. Not much else has gone right for Mr. Ekro so far in his career. But if on a course where his strength play is, it, he plays to his strength, uh, maybe we could see something from him. Uh, he's sixth in the field in proximity in the last 50 rounds from 125 to 150. Um, other guys, uh, last one, Austin Smotherman. I liked him going into uh, this season. I just like his game. Um, there was some stat I can't remember off the top of my head that really drew me to him. I'll try and remember it as you go on with your 6K picks, Tamba. Yeah, funny enough, it's crazy you said that because you were going, you were talking about uh, Sam Ryder there. 
And I was looking up his first round leader number before you mentioned his name. I wrote FRL on my sheet, had it ready to go. I just looked it up. It's 90 to one on my book. So I bet it. I really don't care when his tea time is. Anything to do with that. We'll wait on weather. Oh, I'm just going to bet it based on the number right now. But like you said, just a guy that can go low, 6,900. Him and Armour both stand out. So I like both of those guys. Again, I think he's a little bit more risky. When you look at Armour, pretty solid across the board. 20, 32nd, miscut, 22nd, 39th. That is good for $6,900. Again, we want the made cut. And then we want the top 40, top 30 upside of him. Again, it all depends on what others around him do. So taking a shot on Sam Ryder, taking a shot on a guy like Adam Long, who I like down here, uh, David Lingmurth. Has some numbers popping. I know it's not going to be a He's been playing well lately. Yeah. It's, like, it's surprisingly, like, he's been playing. He wasn't even, like, in contention to win an event in the fall. It was something like that. I remember yeah. we did have a spot where he popped up there for a minute, and everyone was like, how is this guy even in the field and going to? Yeah. The stats aren't the best across the board, but uh, 10th at the RSM Classic, 8th at the Worldwide Technology, uh, 11th at Bermuda. Yeah, I actually like that more than I even thought. So I think he's interesting. I'd already pulled some stuff on him that made it look good. And then uh, Michael Thompson, another guy, cut maker, six for seven made cuts the last seven years here. He's played it. So I don't hate that. He's got the history. He pops at some of the other courses that you talked about that go with this place. Eckroat, the two Austins, Eckroat and Smotherman, Stewart, they're all the same. I think others will think that. I don't see a lot down here though. And I don't think I'll end up down here as often as you'd think either. Like I said, you can literally play two guys in the 10K range and not even need to go below 7K at all. So just of note, uh, you don't have to go here. You can change your roster construction, though, by doing something like that. And that's what I like about using one guy or, or a couple guys down in this range. 6,900, by the way, to me, Kenny, is the same as 7K. It's just the product of pricing, right? Yep. Like it, It's not really to me like, yeah, you're playing a 6K guy by definition, but they're the same, there's no difference in those guys. Whatever you want to do, just play whoever you want down there. All right, let's go bets, right, Tamo? I'll yeah. go ahead and go first. Uh, I got Tom Kim at 12 to 1. Brian Harmon at 22 to 1. I should have got him at 25. Right when I pressed the damn button, they're like, odds change. I'm like, I hate you, DraftKings. Uh, but anyways, 22 to 1 for Brian Harmon. Corey Connors, 25 to 1. Uh, Patton Kazire, 110 to 1. Adam Svensson, 90 to 1. We got two the same, and you got well. We got we got three the same, but you got better numbers than me on two of them. But I have them with the top eight each way, so that's where it gets a little bit different and helps spread the card out. So if I hit the big winner at the big number or at the low number, like Harmon twenty eight, Connors twenty eight, then I got Putnam fifty five with the top five with the top eight each way. Then I got Kazire eighty, Svensson eighty, and Shelton one forty. That that's the card. You know, someone was talking about this last week too, Kenny. This is the other thing, like. This card pays seven to one. So that's why like, I think someone was popping it on Twitter. I, I like when they do this stuff. This is what I was trying to say about Willie yeah. Z last year. I could even say it to you about, uh, and others betting Tom Kim. Like if you're not just single bulleting the guy and just saying, I'm betting him for the week, you're not really hitting him when he hits. Cause you, you're hitting the, the card value. And like but this, I mean, this it, card pays seven to one. I'm not hitting Connors 28, but I have a good card. And with each ways it can help me too. But just a note for others out there doing it. I see not you, Others filling up their cards with 10 bets and a lot of them are in that 10 or 20 to one range. And it's like, you're just not making anything along the way. If you even are hitting winners. So just, just well, a so like a unit for me is a hundred bucks. Right. So right. I'm betting two units max uh, every time to win 10, I guess. So it's and you must do one. it separately. Right. But, like, but the thing is, the thing is I don't use the max. Like today, I, I, my, my limit's like $125 to $200 uh in in um for gambling and then 450 dollars like 400 to 500 dollars in dfs okay and that's how i go about my bankroll usually the dfs fills out to the 500 i usually go all the way but for the betting card i rarely get to the 200 mark uh today i am i think today i'm at 195 for all my, my five bets to be able to hit uh a five to one to win a thousand bucks right so you uh, bet them all so, to win the same that's what i was trying right, to say so i bet yeah. them all to win a thousand dollars and so you know so it, technically it is five to one but it's very rare when i'm up there usually i'm closer to the 125 which would be like eight to one yeah uh, everyone does so, it different i just like that you said that because that's what i was trying to get at like i know my card is bet to win the same to win the yes. seven to one others yes. do it ten to one 
Others do it 12. It's all part of it. I'm, I'm just saying it. But in general, that's why I asked. If you do it that way, I think that's the best way to do it. I, I, I like max it that way. Spend, max spend two units to win 10. Yeah. That's what the max. Usually either 1.25 to two units to win 10. And my unit's $100. Yeah. I love it, man. We're good. That, that's uh, oh, one that's and done. Bets. We got one and done, though. One we and got done. one and done this week. Yeah. Henley, Connors, or Harmon? Henley. One of those three is for me. Oh, I thought you were asking me. I'm, I got no, Henley down in my card. I, I got Henley. Um, I'll do another one. I, I've got a, I've got a couple in there, but just in general, I'm going to do Henley and then probably someone a little more random. I'm not good enough to, some guys are awesome at one and done and they, they have multiple entries, like five max it. They put all same five guys every week. And then in the end, the last couple of weeks, they've got five entries up there and they can just start going and taking the shots to get to the top. That's the strategy. I love that. I'm not good enough at one and done to find that. So I'm going to, I'm going to mix it up and just use one guy different in each one, unless it's a week like Rom at Mexico open last year, where I was like, okay, I'll roll Rom. If I had him assuming that then I, I got no problem with it, but more strategy this year, Kenny, with the well, because designated, the, uh, designated events, events. Yeah. I believe the RBC heritage, the week after the, the masters pays more for first than the actual masters. Wow. You can check it. You can check it. I had the list. I'm almost <laughs> positive, but it's crazy to think that, that like, I, well, that's because I they want everyone to play national because be I got to save them for Hilton head. Go ahead. That'll be a hell of a two weeks, right? Because you know, everyone's going to play both you know of crazy? those. They, they said the rule. And I believe this is true that you have to, you can only miss one designated event and Rory after Already being so this. vocal chose to skip. I, I mean, yeah. imagine Rory loses the masters for the grand slam on like the last hole or something. He's got to go to Hilton head the next week and must play it's the week right after right so yeah, yeah. yeah i mean it's gonna be crazy to see how some of this year shakes out i'm excited for it i said uh, i did a pod with our buddy there degenerate 75 and talking about some of the things upcoming for the season and that was one of my favorite things i think the designated events and things like little nuances like that make it make this season more exciting it's the first time we're going to see it and i use the rbc canadian even though it's not one and wasn't one last year but do you remember the rbc canadian open down the stretch it was finau rory and jt battling it out that's just three names now in these events we're gonna have a bunch of these guys the cream does rise to the top it's gonna make for one hell of a season and we're really just getting started this hawaiian swing is kind of just the appetizer and we already got rom sadly for some chasing down morikawa shooting a 63 on sunday to get the win so I don't know what one was my favorite. Probably the Maui Kawa, Maui Kawa meltdown, I think is the best one, but lots of names for it. It was a rough scene for Morikawa, but he'll bounce back. Golf is back. We're excited, Kenny. I'm happy to be here with you, my friend. Yeah, I, I just want a better week than last week, please, God, Lord. Can't Jesus. get worse. Find, yeah, I know. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article every week on GupsCorner.com. Uh, you know, course preview, trend, stats to look for. Uh, then Wednesday, any adjustments to my cash game cornerstones, final betting card, favorite single GPP play in each round. And I'm going to be adding a fade of the week, uh, an elite fade, 9K and above, uh, starting uh, this week for my article over at Gup's Corner. Make sure you go check it out. Use promo code Kenny uh, and get yourself a 30% discount over at Gup's Corner. That includes all sports, includes the playoffs for the NFL coming up if you sign up now. Uh, might be a good idea. Also, I'll be on um, Brian Kirchner's podcast, Tap in Birdie, tomorrow night. So I'll go ahead and check me out on that tomorrow, Tampa. Yeah, it's always good. I'm going to be tuning into that. It's an awesome pod. If you guys don't already watch it, definitely check that out. Brian's a great guy. So excited for that. You can find me as always on Twitter at ToeTag and Tambo. Add me there. The tidbits are back. People asked for them for last week. I finished out NFL strong. Like I said, I would 18 straight weeks of NFL tidbits. Now we move to golf. So they'll be back on Wednesday on Twitter. As always, you'll see the thread there. If you guys can do me a favor, help me out. The retweet is what helps it get exposure. It's free. I put the hours into it to go and scrape and curate and do all this stuff. People, even Rick Rungood, our boy Rick Gaiman said Tambo could charge five bucks a month for these and people would probably pay it just because it's all the information curated to one spot. Easy thing. It's free. You just have to click the retweet button, hit the like. It helps get the exposure there. helps me grow. I appreciate it a ton. Runpuresports.com, all sports, one price. I do have a tidbit that I'm saving for the Wednesday premium show with myself and Hoop relating to this tournament. So get over to runpuresports.com, sign up now. You get all sports for one price. We have everything the same going on, but the premium show on Wednesday will be the only show that you have to pay to see through Run Pure. I will be in studio with Mayo on Wednesday as well, doing some more stuff. 
when it comes to this tournament. We'll have ownership, exposures, go through roster construction. It's a great show, and it's free right here on the Mayo Media Network. So hit that subscribe button, hit the like. It helps us out. And we'll have some contests upcoming involving the Mayo Media Network, using this channel, leaving comments, hitting the like, supporting the show. So stay tuned for that throughout the season, Kenny. Terrell, I'm going to need that tidbit after we go off the air. I'm going to tell you right now. All right, right, guys. All right, it's got to be better than fucking last week. Let's win some goddamn motherfucking money, DJ Nation. Shit! I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up with the words. I done popped the molly and I think it's be my third. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com